Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. From Tsunami Sushi in downtown Lafayette, we're Out to Lunch with Christian Maida, editor and publisher of The Current. It's business Acadiana style. Welcome to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. For a lot of entrepreneurs, the dream of owning a business is about independence. The money helps, of course, but what they're really after is a kind of self-expression or self-determination. They want the satisfaction of working on their own terms, of doing things their own way. And working for someone else can offer stability, sure, but it can be confining especially when you have an unusual idea that you want to try. You might not think of a coffee shop as an unusual idea, but you've probably not been to a coffee shop quite like Coffee Weed Cottage in Lafayette. It's the brainchild of my guest, Denise Champagne McClure. Coffee Weed Doubles is a cafe and sort of like a home decor showroom. You can buy a cup of joe, artisan roasted, of course, and shop for books, local crafts, and plants. Denise is a trained horticulturalist, and a big part of Coffee Weed's vibe is its grow bar. Customers book grow bar sessions. They pick plants and pots. They get a lesson on how to help their new green friends thrive and cultivate really just a great place to be. Denise grew up in Sicilia and opened Coffee Weed in 2023. Denise Champagne McClure, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. So diving headfirst into a new concept isn't the only path to striking out on your own. Plenty of entrepreneurs take advantage of franchising opportunities. That's how my guest Christy Nolan and her husband Patrick came to open a Lafayette location of the fast-growing dessert chain, the Peach Cobbler Factory. There's no mystery here. The Peach Cobbler Factory is known for, wait for it, Peach Cobbler. But the concept serves up a much a bigger dessert menu that encourages experimentation. Customers can mix and match toppings as they like. And Christy and Patrick both work full-time outside of running their Peach Cobbler location. The idea was to find a concept that would help them have an off-ramp into retirement. They toyed with a few ideas, but fell in love with the Peach Cobbler concept when a friend opened locations in Alabama. A taste test at a location in New Orleans sealed the deal, and they opened their location in 2023. Christy grew up in Erath and now lives in Abbeville. She works for AT&T and her husband works offshore. Christy Nolan, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you for having me. So, Denise, you actually got your idea for Coffee Weed while you were working for another company. As I understand it, it was like maybe a showroom for appliances. So is the original concept going to be, I'm going to come in here, I'm going to get a cup of coffee and maybe I'll buy an oven, a range? I mean, talk <laughs> right? me through what, what, like, kind of how that thought I process go, went for you. So uh, the company that I worked for, I was with them for 15 years, and I oversaw all of their showrooms. They were in multi-states, and the idea, it was more of their kitchen and bath showroom. Okay. And the lifespan of when you see that customer, again, is very long. Yeah. So it's about building a house or remodeling, and most people don't think to come to those kitchen and bath showrooms mm-hmm. just to shop and hang out. You're... It's an appliance, it's a plumbing, it's lighting. Mm-hmm. So you only go there when you need something. True. So for me, the concept for them was how do we get walk-in traffic in a showroom sure. where people say, because a lot of the time they would say, oh, I didn't know you sold lighting. They mm-hmm. always consider them to be a plumbing showroom. Sure. Or I didn't know y'all had appliances. And so it was always to get them in the door and then they would buy. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was to add a coffee and a bookstore, but more specific to that kitchen and bath. You know, the Mm -hmm. books would be architectural or more design oriented. 
and where they could eat lunch there and designers and their customers would then interact with our showrooms. So, so did you find that when you kind of arrived at the version of that concept now that you were still looking for the of an appliance component, if that makes sense, where you're like, you know, I like the idea of a coffee shop, but what's really attractive about this is it's like developing foot traffic for another business. Or right. did it become more like, no, really what I want is a coffee shop in the showroom bit that was kind of Yeah, so uh, a friend and I, she is in the industry and she is a principal for a rep agency. And so we were just kind of going over things and she was like, why don't you do this idea for you? Because at the time... It was, it was going to, we were going to do it, and then the pandemic hit. Oh, yeah. So, you know, foot traffic for showrooms had pulled back completely, and it was like, showrooms is going to be dead, and, you know, how do we even do this? It's going to be e-com. So coming out of or on the backside of that COVID, it was, what does that look like for you? Because I had left that company mm-hmm. and went on the manufacturing side. Yeah. So there was a lot of acquisitions and things happening. So as I left, I was like, all right, what, what are the segments or components that I want yeah. that make sense? And I love plants. I always felt like coffee and books is a great combination, obviously. And the part that I knew in my experience was home decor because we had that in those showrooms. Mm-hmm. So I would go to market for years for them, but it was always... I don't want to buy this for them. If I had a business, I would do this. So I knew the home decor would be a huge part of it. How it was going to play or or what pieces, was it furniture? Was it gifts? Those were the things I had to figure out and find out along the way. So Christy, it sounded like you knew and you and your husband knew you wanted to get into the small business game. You wanted to have some kind of, you know, a sports bar maybe was an idea. You'd looked at other franchises, um, right? So... At some point, you come across with the idea, hey, I love this peach cobbler thing. You see somebody open some in Alabama. Somebody's open them in New Orleans. I mean, did you feel like when you had that idea, it was like, man, we got to get to this thing fast, or we may not be able to be the peach cobbler people of Lafayette, or was it this seemed like the best option for you, so you went for it? So I feel like um, I don't think they had something around here that was kind of similar. Yeah. Um, but you know um it was uh i think the cobbler house with corinne and you know i tried it one time and i thought it was it was it was really good um but uh it was in a place where not that much traffic is going which is my hometown appleville (laughs) (laughs) um so um I, I thought it was a really good idea. I didn't know about it. My husband found out about it from a, um, a co-worker. Um, and my husband has been working offshore for 25 plus years. And he is looking for that, that retirement. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, our kids are grown. It's time for um, us to do something different. Mm-hmm. Since he found this out from his co-worker he told me to look into it um i reached out to the company and we had to go to uh north carolina to do uh what is called a discovery to see if we would be interested Mm -hmm. i really didn't want to travel that far without knowing if i really liked it Mm -hmm. so um, we got a couple of friends together we found out there was one in new new orleans we took them down there we say buy whatever you want 
and we all enjoyed it and was like, okay, this is something that we can do. Um, and so we took that flight. It was fabulous. They showed us um, the different options that they had. They let us taste whatever you want. It's too much. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's a peach collar, but it's a lot. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's just he was very convincing. Um, the CEO, he's very charismatic. He's so positive. And uh, it just made us want to be involved in something like this. It's very family friendly. Sure. Um, the colors are so bright, you know, when you walk in. Um, and we just want to bring positivity, fun, family to Lafayette and uh, have something uh a place where they could go to that they feel comfortable. Did y'all walk into this wanting to do desserts specifically? I mean, I think a lot of folks get into franchises and they're thinking more like, you know, fast casual, like they uh -huh. might think something with, with, you know, look, it sounds like they've got a lot of options at mm -hmm. Peach Cobbler Factory, but I mean, some people hear that and they think, well, it's a dessert place, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, was it, we see an opportunity for a dessert place here yep. or, or was it just you were yep. going to find the place that tasted the best of the <laughs> Well, it was, we were looking for something as uh, to have a business, right? Mm -hmm. And what is something that is missing here? Um, we, we wanted to do the sports bar, but we were coming out of the, the uh, COVID, mm -hmm. and we're like, how many people's gonna come in here and sit down for hours, and you're gonna need so many employees. It was just like, too much you know so um when this came about it, it was just it was right on time the dessert uh we don't have anything we really don't have any um any companies that's out there or any businesses that is our mm -hmm. competitors you don't have a place that you just go and eat you know, desserts like that, mm -hmm. um, and that you could sit down. And we're open all day mm -hmm. until 10 p.m. and continue to uh, take orders until 1 a.m. in the morning wow. where you can have that delivered to you. So um, I, th I thought it was a fabulous concept. Once we got to taste it and we liked it, I was, I was on board. Denise, I mean, was it coffee the real sticking point for you? I mean, I know that you're roasting or you're selling roast from another coffee maker. Yeah. I mean, did you consider, like, in sort of thinking through that sort of getting people in the door concept, bringing them to a showroom, right? I mean, did you think at some point maybe Peach Cobbler would have been the deal? I mean, like, what, or was it always coffee's the right way to get people through my door? Yeah, I think it's, it's uh, coffee or alcohol. So. <laughs> So I think when you want them to, you know, really consciously buy and, and not have buyer's remorse, really the coffee, when you're having, when you're drinking something sure. and you're having conversations, it brings your cortisol level down. Yeah. And it's just, um, when you go to a showroom, we did studies, there was a guy that would come and talk to all of our showrooms yeah. and anytime you can engage other senses, taste, um, smell when people are buying we buy on emotion and so when you can engage more senses cortisol level goes down they they get more engaged into what they're looking at and they're more than likely going to buy something so when I was doing it with the kitchen and bath showroom that was the goal that was they stay longer it's I mean you can grab and go mm -hmm. then they're not gonna stay so if they just want to come in and grab a book and they don't have something to drink, you're probably looking at five minutes. Mm -hmm. But if they're gonna place an order for a drink, sip it, really enjoy it, then they're gonna stay at least 15 to 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. So, are, are you having to 
train staff to be baristas and salespeople and Gordon, like how do you think about right. staffing an operation? Like if you're mashing up so many different kinds of businesses, it takes you know, even a sort of an hourly wage type worker, right? Yeah. I mean, some training. I mean, are you have to think about that. Yeah. So, um, Kaylee is my manager, and she has an enormous amount of barista experience. Yeah. So she's been in the coffee industry for probably eight years, wow. and I really needed that aspect of it because I don't know coffee. I love coffee. Sure. I can, you know. I can tell you what I want and how I like it and all the great things and what I think would go great with a coffee, but she's the expert. She can tell me, you know, um, on the coffee beans, how to do things and how to work and function that kitchen. Mm -hmm. That's not my background. My background is the home decor and all that. So I'm the one who probably kind of spearheads that whole part. I let her really manage the coffee part but everyone interacts with our customers and they know what products we have mm -hmm. and we we hand select them so as they're coming in they love unboxing stuff and like we get cool stickers and everybody's like oh i want one of those yeah. or you know our cups it's cool you're listening to out to lunch i'm christian mater i'm talking to denise champagne mcclure of coffee weed cottage and christy nolan of the peach cobbler factory we'll be right back after this short break support for out to lunch at katiana comes from adita corporate staffing Basics Swim and Gym and Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie, Infinite Health Integrative Medicine Center, Michelle Weighing and Measurement, Calibration Services and Measurement Equipment since 1947, New Orleans Ice Cream, available in select grocery stores, and Rev Realtors. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mater. I'm talking to Denise Champagne McClure of Coffee Week Cottage and Christy Nolan of the Peach Cobbler Factory. I mean, Christy, kind of similar question to you. I mean, you're you're coming from a background in some other business. I mean, I'm assuming you had not run a bakery before. I mean, you know, so I guess to some extent, I imagine that the, the, the corporation helps you train. I mean, talk us through a little bit of how that works. I mean, did you have to get, did you have to, you know, kind of go and learn how to then teach your employees how to be Peach Cobbler Factory employers? <laughs> yeah, um, we had corporate come down and help us for like three days yeah. before we open, train us on how to put these recipes together. We have recipe books and everything. Yeah. And um, they were with us for our soft opening for a couple of hours and then he left. And so it was on me and my husband. And so we had to, you know, learn how to do everything that's necessary to get this business running. We do have a lot of help. We can reach out to them at any time. Um, but yeah, it's really on us now. And so um, we've learned how to put these recipes together. And so when new people come in, we train them ourselves. Um, it's really a good feeling that we can do it. And um, I have a really good staff. I'm very, very proud of the ones that I have. I have not had to hire any new people since I opened, wow. which is since June. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, so, I mean, do they give you much flexibility to, to cater to your market? I mean, we're in the South, people uh -huh. eat peach cobbler. I don't think uh -huh. that's weird, but I mean, like seasonal stuff. Like if you wanted to serve a king cake peach cobbler, could you do that? I have to go through the franchise to wow. ask, yes. But that is something that I am going to work on them with because we should have something for Mardi Gras. 
absolutely. Right? It seems like a missed opportunity if not, right? <laughs> I mean, that's an aspect of like the franchise yes. model that I'm always curious about. It's like the level to which like the advantage, right, is you, you go to them and they have a product that kind of works yes. and they have some processes you teach it, but you can kind of make it yes. work and you become the face of that franchise. But I mean, it, it sounds like if you wanted to just sort of get up and say like, you know, this cobbler just needs a little bit more sugar, like that would even be yeah. a problem, right? Yeah. Yes, because we're... Er- Everywhere you go, if you're in a franchise, you have to follow what they're doing. Um, So when you go to McDonald's here, if you go to McDonald's in D.C., it should taste exactly the same. It's consistency. And so they preach that consistency. So definitely they are open to um, to ideas, Mm -hmm. and they'll work on that if they think it's a really good idea, and they'll come out and they'll roll it out to everyone. So it even if we did uh, like Mardi Gras, um, maybe cinnamon rolls, because that's what's in my mind right now. Um, You know, uh, I'll go through them. They'll come up with a concept and they'll roll it out to everyone. Why can't everyone have a little bit of Mardi Gras wherever they are? You know, it's the festival season. So it would be great. It would be great opportunities for people in other states to experience that. Yeah. Denise, I kind of want to probe your your theory here a little more. I mean, as you run the coffee shop, I mean, have you found that what's happening is you're getting people into the door to come, you know, enjoy just sort of the cafe experience and they're like, oh, great, you know, I'll buy a pot or whatever. Or is it the opposite? I mean, has it played out the way that you imagined, I guess is my question. It never does. I think um, it has in a way, but I think the coffee aspect of it took over more so than the other stuff. So I thought it was gonna be just a certain percentage, whereas now it's growing. So what we've done is we've been able to pivot and say, okay, let's concentrate more, let's add more to the menu, let's not do just coffee, let's do, we've added egg sandwiches, let's, you know, croissants, and so we're adding cheesecake from a local lady. So how do, you know, people are staying for the coffee and the drinks, then we need to add more and make sure that Per ticket we're selling enough to make sense talk to me a little bit about that procurement right i mean i know that you guys sell you know stuff from local makers right so if i'm getting a piece of cheesecake it would be from somebody who you're not the cheesecake no uh, no we don't ever claim to be yeah so, so i mean how are you even going about you know curating that experience i mean are you just going to the farmer's market i mean damn that was a good piece of cheesecake or is it the people coming to you i mean it's kind of organic i feel like uh or that's how it's happened so far we have uh, a cheesecake lady and her her son would come into our shop all the time and at the beginning he's like hey i know this great cheesecake lady and it was the biggest joke because I didn't know that she was his mom till like months later. And a customer was like, oh yeah, that's so-and-so's mom. And I'm like, no, it isn't. Mm-hmm. They were like, yes, it is. And so um, she's Dim Cheesecake. And collaboration is probably one of the biggest things for less overhead. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she has a following, we have a following. And so when you're talking about social media and you're talking about a lot of that, it makes it easier to get um, your customer base or an audience that maybe you wouldn't have had before. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Christy, I mean, one thing I've heard from other franchise operators, right, is that you'll have um, differences among like what different markets like, right? So, I mean, you could imagine that 
you know, to use the McDonald's example, like everybody here likes the quarter pounder with cheese, but everybody over there likes the Big Mac. I mean, does that play out with the peach cobbler factory where there's sort of regional differences in what people tend to like? I really don't think so because um, this franchise is really just in southern states for right now. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure they're going to be expanding very soon to uh, northern states yeah. and western states. But where we are, we love sweets. We love cobblers. <laughs> yeah. We love cinnamon rolls we love brownies all of these things um and so it doesn't it doesn't matter you yeah. this is just a place that you want to go and be happy yeah so where is the franchise originally from um so it started out in tennessee okay. in 2013 wow. as a food truck a food truck wow. yes to a couple yeah. um and um i think our CEO found out about it and went and tried it out. At that time, they were only doing like peach cobbler, uh, a cinnamon roll, and um, and a banana pudding, okay. right? And um, so he loved the concept. His name is uh, Greg George. He loved the concept, and he offered to go into business with them. Um, he wanted to make it a uh, a, a brick and mortar. Uh, business. They were able to uh, come to an agreement to be in business together and the rest is history yeah. um, and therefore now we have um, I think at least maybe 80 locations and at least 200 plus more promised to open. Mm -hmm. um, we're opening up all over. They have some coming up in Texas. They have some in uh, Florida. Uh, they have some in Alabama, just Georgia. Mm -hmm. It's all over um, and it, it's growing. And um, we have a lot of good reviews. People love dessert. They love sweets, you know, and they love sweets at night. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's when the majority of my people come in is late night, like might be eight, nine o'clock. Some yep. people come in like five minutes before I close at 10. Yeah. They want to eat their dessert. So yeah. and that's what we're there for. Hey, you don't come in place your order it we'll send like, it to you it sounds like it's growing pretty la rapidly and speaking of growing Denise I mean a part of what you guys do right you have the the grow bar experience and I don't know that I necessarily did the best job of explaining it so talk to us a little bit about how the grow bar works I mean w what sort of person kind of comes in is what what are they looking to buy is it succulents is it an herb garden I mean what kind of thing are we talking about here yeah so um, the grow bar is a concept that um, growing up or when I was working at Marshall's Nursery, which was here forever ago. So if you're, I would say 40 or above, you knew who Marshall's Nursery was. And um, they had plants and they, they were just a phenomenal nursery. And then I ended up going to work for a horticulturist and do landscaping. And one of our key components was taking care of plants at businesses. So they actually paid people to go water the plants. And I was like, man, this is insane. Like, I love that. So we would go into like Service Chevrolet and Edie's and we would go water all their plants on Mondays. And it gave me a love for plants. And I think as humans, we don't realize the benefits of having indoor plants. Trees, absolutely, absolutely, we get oxygen and all that great stuff, but you need some inside too, because we're just constantly having carbon, you know, carbon dioxide in, in our houses and we really need to get that extra good stuff. So during the pandemic, while everyone is at home, working from home, living from home, just did everything at home, you saw people buying more indoor plants and it just helps with uh, your 
emotions, your, you know, your mood, and it's good for you. And so we wanted to make it um, less stressful. And for people that are uncomfortable, they say they don't, they don't have a green thumb. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't require a green thumb. You just got to pick the right plants. Mm -hmm. So the grow bar allows us to personality-wise understand, hey, do you even want this plant? Are you just doing it for the party experience? Or you, some people say, I'm, I'm going to give it to her. I don't even want the plant. But um, it's you know understanding if they're going to overwater, underwater, and giving them plants that will allow some of that grace, if mm. you will. So um, you know we've got plants that are almost unkillable, and so try me right, yeah. right, and we do. And you know else we tell them you have 30 days. Yeah. If your plant starts to look bad, bring it back to us. We'll give you a new one. Okay. And we'll nurse it. So we try to make it super easy and not um, too scary for people who haven't done it before. Yeah. And then we have experts because we have some really cool plants. Like we have the living rock. We have a Hoya heart, a variegated Hoya heart. And so there's a lot of plant nurseries and landscape companies that don't do indoor plants. Hmm. So that was kind of our big thing was we wanted to have different stuff. Yeah. Or a white princess, which she's a little expensive. <laughs> you would think so with a name yeah. like that. Right? Um, Christy, I mean, last question to you, which is, I mean, you've, you've talked about being a part of this growing franchise. I mean, have you considered, like, is your vision here to stick with the one and, you know, you're going to be comfortable with that? Or do you see yourselves opening, you know, more peach cobbler factories in Lafayette or whatever that territory might be? Yes. Um, we are looking at once this takes off, um, we want to open more. Okay. Um, probably another one in Lafayette, but also expanding beyond Lafayette. You know, maybe uh, uh, going to maybe uh, Opelousas and, you know, uh, some outside uh, cities. Yep. Uh, we would like to go ahead and expand there. Um, so we're just looking forward to let's grow this business, get my husband in <laughs> from offshore. And, and you know... Uh, we're going to be probably maybe getting a food truck very soon and, you know, just go around Lake Charles, different places um, to show what we have and see if, you know, uh, we get good responses there. And that might be a pa place that we will open up. Well, you know? I imagine mm -hmm. wherever people are eating pie after midnight, you guys are going <laughs> to do great. Um, Denise and Christy, thank you so much for joining me on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Thank you. Thank you. My guests on Out to Lunch Acadiana today have been Denise Champagne McClure, owner of Coffee Weed Cottage, and Christy Nolan, owner, uh, owner of the Peach Cobbler Factory. We edited this conversation to fit into our time slot here on KRBS. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Denise and Christy by listening to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast. You can find and subscribe on your podcast app and on our website, itsacadiana.com. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsacadiana.com and on our Out to Lunch Acadiana social media. These photos were taken by Liliana Morgan, and you can find more of her photos on Instagram at at l.lily.l. Out to Lunch Acadiana is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRBS 88.7 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Chad Terrio. Our researcher is Leah Erdialis, and today's show was engineered by Dylan Babineau. I'm Christian Mader. I'm editor of The Current, Lafayette's nonprofit newsroom. If you want to get the scoop on Lafayette, head over to thecurrentla.com and sign up for our free newsletter. We'll see you next time for more business and conversation on Out to Lunch Acadiana. See you next time.
Out to Lunch Acadiana was recorded live over lunch at Tsunami Sushi on Jefferson Street in downtown Lafayette. Tsunami is open Tuesday through Saturday for lunch and dinner, serving sushi, sashimi, salads, and authentic Japanese grilled dishes. Tsunami welcomes casual dining or reservations. More information at servingsushi.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.